Rejoice, Bachelor Nation. Bachelor Party is the podcast for you. Juliet Lippman is here to break down every detail and piece of drama from the latest episode of a Bachelor franchise. Joined by fellow superfans, members of Bachelor Nation, and Ringer colleagues, this is the one-stop shop for all your Bachelor needs. Check out Bachelor Party on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Pure Leaf Ice Tea. Go beyond reality with new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea and discover a berry delicious world bursting with unexpected blackberry flavor. A world so full of refreshing blackberry iced tea that you may never want to leave. But there's always time to linger. Try new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea. Visit amazon.com slash pureleaf and enter 20 Pure Leaf for 20% off your purchase of new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea. There's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. gentlemen i want to welcome everybody back to the death taxes and bananas podcast this is episode two um i don't know if you notice here but i've got some uh fabulous uh art that's you know this is the new this is the logo we got going on here there was a little bit of a dispute in the beginning uh but i think i think my uh I think, I mean, it's a, it's a great logo so we got so we got the i think we got the the, the logo we're gonna stick with here now Tonight, I have a very, very special guest on, okay? Um, she has been with the Ringer Network for a long time. She's been a absolute rabid challenge fan for as long as I can remember. She is the executive podcast producer at the Ringer Network and is also the host of Bachelor Party Pod, Juliet Littman. Um, and listen, for those of you who don't know, all you need to know is that this woman is a walking encyclopedia when it comes to the challenge. So I cannot wait to have her on and get her take on the previous two episodes of the challenge, this episode in particular, and just as someone who knows a lot about podcasts, how fantastic my first two episodes are going to be. Thanks for coming, Juliet. Um, I was intimidated by Anissa last season when they did the, or excuse me, I think that was actually uh, All-Stars when they did the like challenge history challenge and she absolutely crushed it. And yeah. Anissa is really impressive. I think I really appreciate you calling me an encyclopedia. The only person I would not be willing to go up against is her. Well, I, I wasn't saying that. No, I said an encyclopedia. I wasn't saying that you would, you know, that 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 you would dominate challenges. Maybe, maybe well, from like that's what I'm saying. <laughs> from the yeah, no, from the strategic standpoint, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> Juliet knows everything there is to know about the challenge. I mean, it's crazy. She knows more than I do. I don't um, think so. Yeah, I think I, I think so. I forget okay. sometimes. I mean, I've done so many of these. People are like, "Oh, remember this season on this date?" And I'm like. No, I don't like I like I've they, they're all m mashed together at this point. You know what I mean? Sure. Um, but no, Anissa is a fantastic competitor. There's a reason that she is, um, you know, a vet. There's a reason why the last two seasons she's been the, the winner out of the gate. 
Um, and uh, yeah, she uh, she's she's definitely been holding it down for the vets lately. Um, what did you think? Okay, first, I just want to start off by saying it was a great first episode Bill and I did. The one, I guess, mistake that we made, if you want to call it that, is we were both perplexed by the fact that there was no big first night party. There was no right. big mad dash into the house. There was no toast. Apparently, there was an episode called the move-in episode or something. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Did, you, did you know about this episode? No. Oh, like was it like the, the preview to the show? Yeah, it was like a they did a, a an episode before the first episode. Oh my god, too much content. That's what, what I'm fuck? saying. And and I cannot tell you how many messages I got from angry fans that were like, "Well, that all happened in the first episode. They did a toast, they did the move in." And I'm like, "Well, why would you separate that out Seriously? from the first episode?" So it's like an episode 0 that you have to like go out of your way to find? Yeah. That doesn't make any sense. It makes zero sense. I I don't think it was I think I don't think it was that well advertised either because I didn't know about it, and um, I'm, you know, nor I mean, did I, and I'm obsessed with this show. That's really weird. I I have a question, bananas. What do you got? Who does the toast now? I mean, that was your domain, and you're not you're not there. So who's taking over the 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 gauntlet, the chalice? So apparently, Anissa did a toast, a happy mm. birthday toast, or something, which is fine. If 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 I'm if I'm if anybody is going to start doing toast from here on out, I want it to be a vet. I want it to be someone who's been around long enough and who has earned the ability to do that. However, believe it or not, the last, I think two or three seasons that I did, I did toast and they didn't even air them. So fucked up. I mean, that's outrageous. Yeah. You once came to a party at Bill's house and you gave a toast and it was epic. I have it on video. Actually, I rewatch it sometimes. The Grantland <laughs> three year anniversary party. Yeah, it was a great party. Yeah, it I really was, was. I was very drunk. I had a great time. I think we all were. I remember. Oh, definitely. I, I, yeah. yeah. Mark Long came. Tyler. It was a great time. Seth Myers was there. Jalen Rose. Yeah. Um, Bill Simmons was there for some reason. For some reason, it was at his house and he was just there. Crazy yeah. times. What a weirdo. Um, so anyways, just to get that out of the way for everybody. Okay. okay? Uh, point taken. All right. We missed the home. What was it? The move in episode. All right. That's Not my fault. Weird. There's uh, it, like why they would i think they should have cut other things out of the first episode and those i think are very important parts to just kind of set the stage of how the season is going to go um so if you're going to cut anything out I, I i don't know why they separated that out i mean that's good Super content weird yeah so weird and also i actually as i was watching today i was like where are they i don't know where they are and usually tj is like welcome to beautiful blah 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 at blah 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 and i have no i'm like are they in croatia like what's going on here they are and here's the thing they've actually been doing that for the past few seasons the reason being is they want to almost make it like they're in a like an undisclosed location mm. so for example when they did war of the worlds they want, it was like this, you know, poke post-apocalyptic. Sure. Era. They didn't want you to know. It's like, hey, we're in Namibia, Africa. You know what I mean? So I think just like, I mean, they, they've changed a lot of things. I mean, just like they don't give away prizes anymore on the show. Remember those days? Of course. They didn't, the E-Trade dollars. Yeah, who could forget it? The T-Mobile sidekick. I mean, some of the stuff <laughs> we got I a won. Clue. I loved the clues. A, oh my God. They, you know, a lot of things that, that, that just made the challenge just amazing. I I don't know why they 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 they've they've fallen by the wayside. I mean, the prizes actually gave you a reason to compete that day. I still to this day, 
Juliet, have a 50cc Schwinn gas-powered scooter in my Whoa. garage. Whoa. Yeah. When did you win that? On my second challenge on um, the Inferno 3. Me mm. and Alton both won Schwinn scooters, and we made a deal after we won them that he lived in San Diego at the time. I lived in Orange County. We were going to drive on the 5 freeway and meet each other halfway <laughs> <laughs> on our 50cc Schwinn. No, because they're not highway legal. They only go like 30 miles an hour. So, oh God, you'd get never happen by a car. <laughs> but, dude, I mean, when I tell you we had, I mean, I got car rims, I had like Xboxes. I mean, you know, I still have a T Mobile sidekick that I don't even think I've opened yet. I mean, it was, it was great. Like, it was just another great thing to add on to the challenge where it's like, all right, what's under this blanket TJ's about to pull off? And it was, uh, you know, just gave you a reason to compete, you know? Another thing just about the show then and now, I, let me just be clear. I still love the show. I had a great time this week. It was a really good episode. I love the Survivor people being on the show. I feel like they they are my favorite like other show that's been introduced. But I will say like one of the reasons it's so weird they separated out the the move in is because the like I care the most about the relationships and the friendships. Like we were talking about this episode and I was like, well, I definitely want to start with Nelson, Berna and Ashley because like the love triangles and the relationships is what matters the most. And when people are like having to make new relationships, like, cause they're meeting for the first time, it's kind of, it's a little bit of like a, well, I don't really care about like their origin story as friends. I thought they just all were all on the same show. So it's, it's a kind of weird, but nonetheless, we're still getting this great love triangle drama, which I was thoroughly thoroughly enjoying. And like, I just have so many questions about what Ashley's like in real life. Like, I, I can't imagine being in the same room as her. The love triangle from hell, because <laughs> I don't know much about Berna, but I know when it comes to relationships, I mean, Ashley and Nelson aren't exactly batting a thousand. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, and the best part about it about uh, is Ashley knows. She literally says point blank, um, What'd she say about Nelson not being boyfriend material? Oh, she goes, she straight up says in the interview, I know Nelson's a bad boyfriend, but that's why I started catching feelings. <laughs> Seriously. Well, like, Ashley, what? Ashley speaks for us all these, all these women in the world. Just Dude. like, yeah, you know, it's a bad idea and you just can't stop. <laughs> and I, and I got to hand it uh, to Devin of all people, Love giving Devin. her the new nickname Instead of Millionaire Mitchell, because I'm pretty sure, I mean, she's probably blown through that entire mill at this point. Um, Ashley Meltdown Mitchell. I think I that is it. a, uh, I think, I think that's a good moniker. I think that one's going to stick. I, I liked it too. I love Devin. Devin's one of my favorites. Just, uh, he's a Hall of Famer for me. First ballot for sure. So first ballot Hall of Famer. I loved, I love Devin. I, I'm like hot for Devin. I don't know why. Okay. I just, well, that's fine. But, but, but what are the, what are the, what are the standards here that we're judging Hall of Fame by these why days? Why Devin won? Devin's never won, right? No, I mean, why? I mean, look at the guy. Well, why does everyone want him to be their partner? Like he's been stolen both weeks. It's a good, that is a, that is a very good point. I think, okay. Now, if we're going to get into the minutia and the strategy behind it, I think the way it's smart at this point for rookies to steal vet partners right. because then they know that they're not going to get sent in. Right. Sure. It, it would be suicide right now. I think a lot of the rookies now, listen, I think if there's one, like, I guess, overarching theme or one, one thing that we could like really point out that's starting to happen in the, in this show right now is there is a very clear divide taking place in the house and it's a the vet rookie divide, all right? Sure. And it almost makes me feel a little warm and tingly inside because 
this is how the game used to be played, right? <laughs> this is how it should be played. <laughs> it's how it should be played. Listen, you've got all these rookies coming in. The vets have been there. They've earned their stripes. They've paid their dues. It's, you know, and they're the ones, the rookies need to prove themselves. And I got a hand, I think last season was a little messy. I don't know exactly what they were trying to do. It was the exact opposite, in fact. It was like, if you've won, if you're a vet, you're being targeted and you're going home. I think they've gotten back to what made the challenge great. And that is the vets just coming in and mobbing together and just one by one, just, just, you know, lopping heads off. Um, so, I liked it. I liked it when Anissa was telling Tori the plan and she was like, yeah, they're going to vote Kells. And, and when Anissa was like, they like our friends. And I was like, yeah, that's exactly. <laughs> it's like, they don't care about you, Tori. They don't care about who you're trying to hook up with here. <laughs> yeah. But, but what's funny is, I mean, Tori, when she came into this game, her thing was like, well, I'm co- like, I'm, I'm coming in and I don't want to get distracted. But the first thing she does is gets distracted. You know what I mean? Um, I've always said, listen, this is how I've always been on challenges. It's, it's always messy. Okay. Hooking up with people on the challenge is never, ever a good idea because it takes a very difficult game and it makes it that much more difficult because now not only do you have to look out for you and the way you're playing the game, but you also are now taking ownership and you have to protect somebody else in the way that they're playing the game. Um, and so I just think I've always just thought it was, it, it was a very messy thing to do. And she doesn't waste a whole lot of time. You haven't had many showmances. I'm trying to think of, of your on-screen relationships. And that's exactly why. And the few times that I have, they've been my part. They've been partners. You know what I right. mean? Like, I mean, I guess, you know, in the past I've had, you know, on, on X's and, Exes, I guess, mostly. Uh, or if you want to go all the way back to the duel, which I when I didn't know what the hell I was doing. Who um, did you hook up with on the duel? Uh, Casey Cooper. Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. and then yeah, forgot I mean, about that, that one. That was a uh, that was I know that was ancient, man. That was uh, that was be- me back in my uh, in my heyday. And exes was Nani, right? Exes. See, well, here's the thing. Nani and I came on to exes, having, I mean. We may or may not have had something outside of the show, <laughs> but we were the only ones there that we literally came on the show and there was zero footage, zero proof, zero tweets, anything. It, we just showed up and TJ was like, all right, I have it on good authority that the two of you have, you know, co-mingled outside <laughs> of the show. So that's what made us exes. Um, but yeah, that counts. It, I guess it counts. Um it's kind of like when me and Frank were paired up on Rivals because of a Twitter spat that the two of us got into. Never I met. I liked Frank. Yeah, Frank was very emotionally unstable, but he he made great television. <laughs> made great television. Love you, Frank. Frank from Vegas, right? No, Frank from San Diego. Oh, that Frank. Got it. Yeah, Zach's, Zach's I love season. Fra- I love Frank Sweeney. Frank Sweeney's the man. All he's right? awesome. No, seriously, he's awesome. Um, Fun fact, he came... And did my podcast back in Grantland with me and Jacoby. It was called The Right Reasons. Our, our good friend, David Jacoby, he'll probably be on this podcast. Frank revealed so much. This is before the, the phrase tea was out there, but he spilled so much tea that oh, yeah. Buna, Buna Murray like, called us and they were like pissed yep. and we had yep. to take it down. So it's like it's like an underground mixtape, Frank Sweeney of talking to me and Jacoby. It's great stuff. I love Frank. He's awesome. I mean, I, I love him too. I, did, I didn't necessarily love him as a partner only because... 
we were ri- we were on Rivals 2 together. And even though your rival's coming in, it's like, all right, now it's time to like put your differences aside and work together. Great athlete. I mean, he trained. Great athlete. Fantastic. I mean, the guy could run for days. The problem is it's like, Frank, we're on a team. We're not competing against each other. And it seemed like the entire season, like there was like this weird in inner competition between the two of us. You know what I mean? Sure. When things went well, it was like, I did this. When things went wrong, it was like, this was your fault. And it was like, buddy, right. like we win together and we lose together. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like I'm lost. Live together. Die alone. Exactly. Um, so to get back to the episode and this sure. now, now this rookie veteran uh, breakdown again, happy to see it. Um, but what, what's funny about it though, is the, the, the vets that are leading the charge aren't even like the vet that vets. Vet. Yeah. Okay. CT barely on the show so far. And I just want to say he looks great. So let's get him on a little bit more. I, what's going on? CT is playing CT's game. He is a silent assassin. Okay. CT doesn't come on the show to stir the pot. He doesn't come on the show to get involved in storylines. CT's favorite thing to say is not it. All right. Mm. Not it. If there's a conversation going on, not it. Um, He doesn't want to be on camera having conversations. Everything that he does, he's an absolute master at manipulating things behind the scenes. All right. And here's what I love about the way that he plays the game. There are so many guys, if you watch, especially this episode at the end, when the big brother, Josh Fessy, when they executed their plan to send in Kellis at the end. I just want to be on record. Hate, 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 hate. Carry on. After they executed their plan or while it was happening, it's almost like they wanted everybody to know what they were doing and they wanted to like kind of take credit for it as it was happening. The mark of like a true assassin is somebody that gets in, murders someone and gets out and leaves no fingerprints. Right. Okay. It's like a sniper. Yeah. They're just, they're in and they're out. They do their job. You're like the worst burglar. If you go in, you're like, Hey, you leave <laughs> notes on the wall and you're like, yeah, I stole all your shit. Here's my address. If you want to know where to get it, this, you know what I mean? And that's, it's almost like the, 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 the high school kids that did the senior prank and it's like, they couldn't keep it to themselves that they did yeah. it. They had to let everybody know because they wanted credit for it. Um, and I feel like that's how it is. It's like, you know, they had to make sure that the whole house was aware that they were concocting this plan, which is fine for now. but. You know, like I always say, like on this show, the squeaky wheel eventually gets the oil um, and they're 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 playing just kind of a very like out in the open sloppy game at this point. I I feel like Fessy is going to have a quasi early exit for Fessy. I feel like he's not playing that smart. And I just feel like Fessy is probably I, I feel like without you on the show, there's like a bit of a void for like who gets to be like the mouthpiece and sort of who sort of is kind of the center of gravity in the house. Uh, you just told me it's not CT. It's not really Devin's game either. I feel like Josh and Fessy would both love to sort of be like the big dog, but neither yeah. has it. Like, it's very clear that neither has it. The The difference is, is it's like, and I always say this about Wes too. Wes, Wes is a master. Me and Wes kind of play the same game where it's like, we are cast members first, but then we're like almost like embedded producers at the same time. And this is kind of the producers love it when you say that I should have a, listen, at this point I should have a producer's credit when I do the challenge. Okay. Because there are so many, (laughs) there are so many storylines that we are responsible for doing that have nothing to do with the show that are way just above and beyond the pink notes, for example, that I did, you know, uh, a, a while back. I mean, that was planned before the show even took place. Last season we did on total madness when Wes and I 
uh, conned Jen Lisey into uh, writing this ridiculous speech and giving it uh, in nominations. It's just absolutely just like hanging herself in front of everybody. Uh, when we taped uh, the pictures of Kayla's boyfriend onto Bear's ceiling when Kayla and Bear, these sure. are all things that like don't need to happen. In fact, the rest of the cast is like, we don't want any part of this. But Wes and I almost have the 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 the, the foresight to be like, this is going to be a great moment. We're here to make TV. Let's make TV. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're right. That was a great moment. I mean, yeah. Bear and Kayla's relationship. Is Kayla still living in London, by the way? She's still with that same dude, Sam or something? I mean, I have I have no idea. You don't uh, follow her on Instagram, apparently. No, no, I, I, I don't think so. I think I'm muted. Kayla and Amanda are like, look the same to me. And so I, it's helpful that they're not both on this season because I, I like really conflate them and think they have like kind of similar personalities. Yeah. Well, they they look the same, but like one of them's the spawn of Satan and the other one's Kayla. (laughs) Rosemary's Uh, baby. And I say that with the most amount of love, Amanda. And on that note, Amanda's getting a lot of screen time. Like she, I was surprised that she's like a narrator this season. I didn't see her taking on that role. I just thinking about her feud with Zach and I'm surprised that she's sort of like giving it to the camera. I listen, here's the the thing with Amanda is for a long time, Amanda and I obviously like butted heads. We didn't see eye to eye, whatever. And it wasn't until we did War of the Worlds when I realized that everything that she does is is calculated. She doesn't do anything that she has not thought out. At first, we're like, oh my God, who's this, you know, drunken idiot that's just running around and like, you know just getting under people's skin. But it's like, and and when I saw it was this one night when we were all just like furious, she would not leave any of us alone. And we all just thought that like she was drunk and out of control until she like winked. And it was like, then we realized at that point that it's like, no, she's doing all of this just to like get under people's skin, you know? And she really did a good job at blowing up Zach and Jenna's relationship. And it's like, sure did. (laughs) And she owns it. That's what I love. You know what? That's what I love about people like, Amanda and even Ashley is it's like they're walking disasters and they're totally fine with it. You know what I mean? They're like, sure. this is who I am. Take your leave. They don't, they don't make bad decisions or do things and then wake up the next day and then try and deny that they did it. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, no, I, I, they, they definitely, she definitely is like loving this being back on the show. And I, I feel like there's like a renewed life to her slightly softer. Now that she's a mom, I feel like some of her sharp angles are gone. What, 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 I just feel like, where are these angles that are, that are gone? I think if <laughs> anything, she's come on with like more of a vengeance that she had before she left. I feel like there was something magnetic about Fessy. Cause I just don't get it from watching television. Yes. He's very handsome, but like, I just don't get it. I mean, he's a dodo bird, dude. He's handsome, but, but I mean, he's, yeah, he's handsome and he's, I mean, listen, the guy's tall, dark and handsome, uh, but you know, dumb as a box of rocks. And it's like, I guess that's just, <laughs> that's what girls like, man. You know what I mean? I love that he's observing Ramadan. That's cool. Like, I feel like that's like good for the show. It's like, also I'm like, oh, interesting about Fessy. That's kind of like character development. I'm really into It's like, just like sprinkling it in. The thing is with Fessy is I don't think here's the problem is the Fessy that like I got to know in, in in total madness when like the cameras, I guess weren't on is different than like the on camera persona that Fessy tries to portray. You know what I mean? He's actually like a pretty like down the earth kind of like 
introverted, chill dude. Uh, but he then has this persona that he feels like he has to like kind of puff his chest out and be like the alpha. Like me and him actually didn't talk for like the first like couple of weeks in Total Madness, even though we basically were five feet apart in bunk beds. And he kind of told me, he was like, well, I thought that you guys were going to test me when I came in and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, this ain't a fraternity, dude. Like, this isn't like a football <laughs> locker room. Like, I'm 38 years old, man. I'm not sitting here trying to, like, you know, fight the new guys. So, and once I think we kind of got past that, it, like, you know, kind of mellowed out. Would 28-year-old bananas have tried to fight him, though? Like, was there a time where that would have been what you did? So here's what tw- here's how 28-year-old and 38-year-old bananas are different is I just got my when I was when I was younger when I was in my early days of the challenge I would walk in day 1 and I'd draw a line in the sand and if I had beef with someone from a previous season not only did I let it carry over to the following season but I would make it known to everybody that we still had beef right sure. I did not play a political game at all. We'd show up and it'd be like, all right, here's where I'm at. Here's where you're at. May the best man win. And what I realized over the years is it's like, you're basically, it's a dumb way to play the game because you're showing your cards. The, the, yeah. the, the best. And I actually learned this from Evan uh, Starkman of all people is Evan was like the master. He could hate your guts. He could hate your guts. Want to see nothing more than for you to like, you know, if you were on fire, he wouldn't pee to put you out. But he would be the nicest guy to you. You would never know. And I actually took a page out of his book. And it's like, I know it's cliche to say, but keep your friends closer, your enemies closer. He was a master at that. He was absolutely. Kill him with kindness. Yeah. Even if you hate him. Yeah. And I just, for the longest time, like, well, I'm not a fake person. I'm not fake. I can't do that. Then I realized, like, well, the challenge, it's all about being fake. It's all about. (laughs) And that's the thing is like, if you don't want to let them know where, where you're at. If you could let, if you could, you know, disarm them and pretend like you come in and you're like, nah, we're good. Whatever happened last season, bury the hatchet. I don't give a shit. Yeah. Sarah, you threw me in against, you know, leave my best friend a couple of seasons ago, water under the bridge. I would never. I'm really glad you bring that up. Cause I wanted to ask you, Amber B comes in replacing Lauren. No idea who Lauren is. Wait, who's Lauren? Lauren was originally someone's partner. Who did Amber be? Who did she come in and part? Oh, she came in and partnered up with Josh. Oh yeah. With Josh. Right. So Amber B replaced Lauren who I read on like some Twitter, I'm like pink something, some challenge Twitter that apparently Lauren was sent home. Pink something. It's called like pink spot. Oh, pink spot. Wow. That sounds Sounds X-rated. <laughs> what kind of websites are you going on, Juliet? My goodness. I, Google, I Googled Lauren from the challenge and I found this. <laughs> I found that apparently she was sent home because she said something racist to Anissa. So Ooh. apparently she was. Yeah, that's what I read on um, like at showbizcheatsheet.com. So that was like from the spoiler account. Anyway, so apparently wow. Lauren, that's why Lauren left um, okay. instead of like. Which is good because I, I think Total Madness was the season that D was edited out of, right? Yeah. Did we even see Lauren this season? No. I, I didn't know who she was. I think she was edited out of the first, of episode zero and one because so was they, Nam. So what, I mean, so what are they doing now? It's like if people are gone, we don't. They don't even give a backstory as to why. It's just like, oh yeah, remember that person that was here? Well, they're no longer here, and we're just going to replace them with. I know. Fill in the blank. 
Also, wouldn't that have been a good opportunity to address what happened? Like, I, I think in some ways it would have been actually like more constructive to be like, Lauren, you're out because we don't tolerate that here. I could not agree more. Make it a make it a teach, make it a learning yeah. lesson, make it a teachable moment. Yeah, exactly. But so anyway, that's Lauren. Amber okay. B comes in. Amber and B still, comes in. She's still pissed about what happened last season, which was basically Amber B was part of the Big Brother Alliance and okay. you didn't watch, right? So she's part of the Big Brother so bring Alliance. Me up to, bring me up to speed. <laughs> she's like basically taking hits for Casey and Fessy and Josh. Although Fessy kind of screwed himself over on the previous challenge by sending Nelson into the elimination, which was inexplicable. That, anyway. I, that I did hear about and that was fucked up. And so, yeah, like I, what if my question for you was, so Amber B comes in, she's pissed because she sees how they talked about her on the show. Meanwhile, Amber B shouldn't be that pissed. She and CT won. So she's like, you know, sitting pretty. She was a rookie. And I'm just curious, like, how much does residual drama from previous seasons really carry over and influence the show? Always. Okay. And 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 the reason being is, but but here's the thing. This goes back to the point that I just made. If it carries over, pretend like it doesn't, but keep like that mental note. You know what right. I mean? Forgive, but don't forget. Um what, what a lot of people don't realize about the challenge, and like I even find myself doing this sometimes. It's like, what are you, why are you crying? <laughs> why are you, it's a vote. Send your yeah. vote a certain way. Who cares? Do you, does this person, like, do you live with them? Does this person pay your bills? Are you in any way, shape, or form dependent on this person outside of the show? No. So why is the decision so hard to make? And the reason it is, is, is it all goes to the environment that the show creates for us and, and and what they do by, by creating this, this basically a bubble that we live in where we have no outlets to the outside world, right? All we you don't do have work out. We don't have books. We don't have magazines. We get one 10 minute phone call home a week. Um, you know, we don't have any outside we don't get the news. We don't know what's going on. I mean, <laughs> literally the, the U.S. could go through like nuclear Armageddon and we'd probably get the news 10, <laughs> 10, 10 days later, you know? Um, and what that does is it creates this, this feeling where it's like you are living and breathing the challenge 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and it becomes your reality. And things that in an outside world wouldn't feel real, wouldn't be real, the drama out there wouldn't it becomes real. Like that's why champ stars was such a different thing is because we live, we were in a hotel. We had our phones. We had to go back to a hotel every day. It was almost like they had to manufacture the drama because it, it, it didn't feel real. And, um, you know, so I think that, uh, that, 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 that that's what it is that makes, you know, that, that, that makes it feel like palpable makes it and makes it feel like authentic is, is because of, you know, because after four or five weeks of being in this, it, it becomes real. And I've, and I've, I've watched shows back where like I've had like these really difficult choices to make these difficult decisions to make in the moment. And then when I watch it back, I was like, I'm like, what was I, what was I so, <laughs> <laughs> why was that so difficult to do? You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 So, yeah. Interesting. So, I, cause Amber seemed like pissed, but not that pissed. I feel like she was playing it right. I'm a big Amber B fan. Yeah. Actually. I feel like she's, 
I, I think because she's a, people know now that she's a good runner, she will be a valuable commodity to go to the final. But I, I think that she's got a good approach where she's like holding on to that anger to like motivate her, but she's not like coming in with some kind of crazy agenda or whatever. I mean, she I, came in, like she her. came in kind of hot. I mean, I know it was in her interviews is where she was doing. Yeah. And that's the other thing. Listen, if you've got, if you've got, you know, if you want to spill the beans, if you've got, you know, a score to settle, if you want to do it in the interview, because nobody knows, you know, don't run around the house lighting fires. I mean, the best thing you could do is come in and be cool as a cucumber, man. You don't want people to know where you're at. You don't want to show your cards. Sure. Um, but uh, what I thought was interesting was I guarantee had Amber come in and she would have been paired up with anybody other than Josh, it would have been like, she's the next one to go in. But because Josh is part of this big brother alliance, um, it's just so funny how now he's obviously so protective of her because because they're they're attached. But I think... I think Fessy knows that kind of the writing's on the wall. Um, and now it's it's going to be really interesting to see how that plays out, where it's going to come down to how strong is Josh and Fessy's friendship now that, that Amber B has come into the mix. You know what I mean? Right. And yeah, yeah. Is Fessy going to like do Josh dirty like he did Nelson last season? I'm you know going what I mean? with yes. I feel like Fessy is not very strategic. And who do you think is playing the best game so far? Because I just feel like Fessy thinks that he knows what he's doing because he's been on a few challenges, but really doesn't. And I'm not really sure who's like playing the best game. I have to say, Michelle from Survivor, I feel like she, I would I would be trying to get rid of her. I mean, she's been thrown in twice and that, I think twice. And that makes sense because she's like, she's like playing hard. She won Survivor. She won Survivor, but here's what throws me off. She's got like this weird infatuation with Manuel. Manuel. Yeah, And she's like, I think she says in the episode, my attraction to him is a mystery. Well, it's a mystery to all of us, too. <laughs> Guy looks it's like he, he likes her. That's what the attraction is. We get it. It's fine. You, you just say it. He likes you. You like him back because you like the attention. It's great. You're on the challenge. Go for it. It's like Jordan 2.0, man. You know what I mean? It's like they both have somebody posted a picture of Jordan from Total Madness with his like his crazy bowl, hair, his yeah, bowl haircut and Emmanuel's. Yeah. And it's like. All right. Well, there's our there's our Jordan replacement. But yeah, it's like it's like the it's like the Barnum and Bailey circus train, you know, drove by and Emmanuel just like tumbled out of the back and ended up on the challenge. So who do you think is playing the best game so far? So and this is the people who are playing the best game are the people we haven't heard from yet and the people we haven't seen. And I know that that's kind of like not necessarily people want to hear. But again, it's like. The more attention you put on yourself while if you're winning, well, it's it's not necessarily a good thing. This is, I think, the mistake Kells made. I think Kells should have known coming into the game, like what a force he was and how kind of like, and, and instead of almost taking a back seat, I think what happened is he let his competitive edge and his ego or his that that, that macho like bravado that he had, he let that that fly when he should have, I think kept, it's like, you want to keep your, your, your strengths a secret, you know, not, and that might be difficult because I mean, the guy's a specimen, but at the same time, it's like, that's why a lot of times if we're working out in the house, I don't work out with other guys. Okay. I work mm. out on my own. Interesting. And if I work out with anybody, it's going to be with somebody that I know is like in my corner and my dude, because I don't want anybody else to be able to gauge what I'm good at what I'm not good at, where my strengths are, what my weaknesses are. And, you, and you'll and you see that a lot of times on the challenge when guys are working out. 
you'll be you'll be watching and guys will be sitting around being like, oh, look at this guy. He can't lift this. He can't run. He's already <laughs> gassed out. You know what I mean? And you just always want to keep your strengths a mystery. And I think Kells came in and really just like put those on full display and put a huge target on his back, you know, at the same time. That's that's interesting. I hope rookies, future rookies are listening right now. I, I will also say, haven't gotten a lot of Kyle who loves to talk. So I feel like he's probably doing it right as well. Um, yes and no. I mean, here's the thing though. This is what's great about Kyle is Kyle's a great narrator. You know yeah. what I mean? Like Kyle's one of the few great narrators I think this season. And that's what I... He had some really good one-liners in, in in the first episode. Um, he is partnered up with Amanda too, right? Yeah. So you think, I mean, that's fireworks too. An, an odd yeah. couple. Yeah. What? <laughs> yeah. Like, why haven't they? That's what I'm saying. Like Kyle being Kyle and, and Amanda. Like, I'm surprised that they haven't highlighted them more as a, as a pair because they're both great for television. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, 100%. I, I don't get it either. I, I was for sure thinking we would get like way more Kyle. Devin makes sense. We've gotten a lot of him because he's also a great narrator and also the love of my challenge life. But also... <laughs> I love it. Juliet. I love it. I don't know why. I just have always loved Devin. I just, I yeah. just love love his wit. Do you, and, love, do you love the optometrist? When's the last time you've been to the optometrist? <laughs> How tall is Devin? If I met him in person, it might really change things. Uh, what like uh, with shoes on or without shoes on? Let's go with shoes on. Five eight and three quarters, I'd say. Really? Yeah. Hmm. With hmm. shoes, five nine. Okay, I'll leave my shoes off then. Um, <laughs> leave, leave your shoes. Don't wear. <laughs> don't wear heels. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Pure Leaf Ice Tea. Go beyond reality with new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea and discover a berry delicious world bursting with unexpected blackberry flavor. A world so full of refreshing blackberry iced tea that you may never want to leave. But there's always time to linger. Try new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea. Visit amazon.com slash pureleaf and enter 20 Pure Leaf for 20% off your purchase of new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea. I, I gotta also say, I, I gotta also say, Tori's game's a bit perplexing to me as well because what she says and what she Tori's does- Tori's game is always perplexing. Sorry, keep going. What she's saying she wants to do and what she's saying her game- should be and then what she's actually doing are complete opposite ends of the spectrum right she's like i just want to focus on the game i don't want any distractions but i'm gonna give you know uh i'm gonna give coriel you know mustache rides at the party and then i'm gonna snuggle with kells five minutes later it's like okay well what part of this is like you focusing on the game and not being distracted you know what i mean so my theory about Tori, tell me if this is correct or not. She must be like the most fun, bubbly personality because she's not actually very good at the challenge. She had one really good showing. I think it was War of the Worlds 2 um, where they made it to the final and she's kind of screwed up so they didn't win. But I just feel like she's not actually that good at the challenge, but she has a reputation of being good. And I guess she's been good at eliminations, but she just must be really fun to have around because people seem to gravitate towards her. So the thing about the thing about people like, and you're right, you're right about her personality. She really is. She's a, she's, she's a lot of fun. And 
personality in a lot of ways will almost sometimes get you further than athleticism or your ability to play the game because because we don't have any sort of entertainment. The only entertainment that we have in the house is each other. So if you have somebody that's, I mean, that girl like has 75 different personalities, like voices in her head and personalities. And she's like Borat one day and she, and she doesn't have Ollie G the next Ollie G the next. She does on Wednesdays. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. She doesn't have that, like, uh, that self consciousness, I guess. Like she's fine with just be like letting her freak flag fly. And she's like, okay with that. And I think that is refreshing to see in the house. And you know, you want to have, you want to keep people around that are entertaining. Listen, Kyle is not kept around because this guy is some athletic specimen. Okay. He's not exactly lighting up the radar guns. <laughs> guy's got, the guy's he's got, good though. He's, he seems like he's okay. This guy's got an ass of like a five-year-old child. And like, so it's like, I was like, it's like Kyle, you got to get in the gym and do some squats. You know what I mean? Um, <laughs> I've but, never heard that kind of insult before. This is great stuff. Carry on. You should, you should see, I'll post the picture. The guy's the guy's okay. the guy's lower back runs right into his legs. Like that's that's how small his butt is. <laughs> um, but like Kyle is so funny to have around. It's like you keep him around because he's just he's hysterical. You know what right. I mean? Like his name doesn't get called. Leroy was the same way. I mean, Leroy was just such a great dude. People loved having him around. He's hilarious. Um, Kenny Santucci back in the day. Same Mr. way. It's beautiful. Like, Let's call him Mr. Beautiful name. Evan. I mean, these are people who are around based so not, not solely, but their personalities carry them a long way. You know what I, I mean? mean? Kenny's a trainer. So I'd hope that he also was a good athlete. I, th- yeah. I believe he was, although I feel like he became a better athlete. Not that I know him after the show. Yeah. 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 He's still not, listen, he still can't chew bubble gum and, and 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 walk at the same time. But when I tell you the guy has a motor that doesn't quit, I've never seen anybody that just can that just has more heart than him. Um, and it's a shame. It's a shame that uh, he's no longer with us. But um, Mr. Beautiful, I like how you act like these people are all dead. You're like Leroy. He was a great guy. Kenny, he had a great motor. He was a good man. I saw Mr. Beautiful on the streets Kind-man. of New York, and I, I was excited. I wanted to ask for a picture, but I didn't. I Why was too didn't you? He was. I was too embarrassed. Come on, Juliet. <laughs> I'm just a super fan. I don't know. I and I exclusively refer to him as Mr. Beautiful. Like in in my challenge group text with my brother, with anyone who's a fan, it's Mr. Beautiful. We just go by his formal name. He's a good looking dude. I mean, I'm, yeah. I'm not. I'm not gonna lie. Like, I mean, if if I like boys, I think Kenny would be. You know, top, he'd Mr. be Beautiful, my type. Yeah, he'd yeah, be my sure. type. Very handsome man. Agreed. And Brad, and Brad Pitt. Um, yes, he's good too. Now let's okay. I, I I feel like we kind of glossed over the, uh, the 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 love triangle from hell with <laughs> Nelson, uh, Ashley, and Berna. Okay, Berna, not Bertha. Ashley being so sure her name oh, was Bertha when she was dude. wasted. So funny. <laughs> how, how? Okay, like I don't understand what Nelson's like play is here. You know what I mean? It's like, there's no game. He's there just isn't, with right? both of them. Yeah. <laughs> that's why, that's why uh meltdown Mitchell's freaking out because she sees what's happening and he's, there's no game. There's no secret. He's just openly making out with Ashley or cuddling with Ashley. Who knows what happened? No, in the no, bed. no, no. It was the other way around. No, he was cuddling with, with Berna. And then he gets up in the middle of the night and he's like, well, listen, I know where my go-to is. And then right. goes and gets in bed with Ashley. And it's right. like, Dude, you got to understand, man. It's like the challenge house is a very small place. You're not in a city where you can just kind of go off the next day. Like 
people, the walls, the walls talk here. And I love that the next morning, I think it was Nani that referred to the girls as the bottom bunk whores. Did, did, did you yeah. catch that? Yes. The bottom bunk whores. I'm like, that's an, that's an aggressive title. The bunk bed sex with other people in the room always just mystified me. I'm just like, okay, I guess you guys, you're just really getting after it. But, you know, I support it, but I've always just found it confusing. I, to this day, I, I mean, I just don't even, I mean, I guess it's because now since I'm like an older, sophisticated gentleman, <laughs> you know what I mean? But I watch that too. And I'm just like, nothing about this is, 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 is comfortable or fun. It's like, first of all, you're out in, you're out in the open for all eyes to see. You know yeah. what I mean? You're yeah. in a bunk bed. A I mean, you're in bed. a like, what is going on here, dude? You know what I mean? You got everybody peeking around corners. Like there's no way you're going to, you're going to give your best performance in, in, having challenged bunk bed sex. You know what I mean? No way. It just, it there's doesn't zero chance. Also, there's just not, uh, I've never, never thought it seemed great, but you know, I'm, yeah. I support everyone. I don't, you know, but do, do whatever feels right. As long as it's consensual, but doesn't yeah. seem great to me. <laughs> Dude, yeah. No, thank you. I guess Nelson's got no problem with it though. He loves bunk he bed sex. And that's what I love. You know what? And that's what I love about Nelson. Nelson is one of those guys who acts before he thinks, you know what I mean? And I love sure. people. I love people that do things without without even considering what the consequences of their actions are. You know what I mean? It's one thing if you go into a situation being like, this could really backfire on me. Like I could be making a big mistake. It's a totally different thing when you go into it and you're just like, yeah, this is, I don't see anything wrong with this. And everybody else is like, buddy, you're playing with fire. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, also Berna, she was like the opposite of Ashley. She was sort of like very like quiet and just sort of like, keeping it all inside. I, I like how CT was like, well, now we're a target. We're fucked. But Vern is lucky that CT's her partner. I mean, she'll she'll be fine. Yeah. And I, she just couldn't be more different from Ashley. That's kind of also why it's funny. It's like Nelson has picked the two ends of the extreme. It's like meltdown Mitchell and like barely speaking Berna. She's just keeping yeah. to herself. <laughs> Being paired up with CT is like having, you know, the, you know, those PBA cards they, they give out, like you could park anywhere and like not get a ticket. You no, drive. I don't, don't know you about those. The, the police benevolence association. They give them out like, uh, I thought you meant the professional bowling association or something. No, it's different. It's similar, but different. <laughs> no, they give them out like New York city. Like if you have a, uh, a family member who's a cop, you give like oh, this yeah, placard. Give, yeah. 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 You put it in I your window. You could drive a hundred miles an hour on, you know, on a 20 in a school zone. You can like sell drugs out of the back of your car, park anywhere you want. It's like the cops won't harass you. So it's like, uh, burn up being paired up with CT is like, he's like her PBA card. You know what I mean? Yeah. She's so lucky. Good for yeah. her. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing how that evolves. I mean, the other couple that is not really being discussed. I mean, last week it was discussed a little bit, but is obviously in a lot of camera shots is Nani and Casey. Wow. I mean, I watched that. I watched that relationship blossom in um, Prague before oh. it was like, because, uh, you know, Casey was in a relationship and I think Nani was still trying to like feel things out. If like, you know, it, what her feelings were. And, but I saw it. I mean, there was an obvious, obvious connection there. But what what's crazy though about a lot of, a lot of challenge seasons is like and especially total madness of all the seasons I've done that was the I, I will say the most emotionally just demanding and just just that one just like tore your soul out. I hated that bunker. Oh, uh, you well, you hated that bunker. <laughs> 
Julian, I had to live in that bunker for eight fucking weeks, man. Breathing artificial air, Horrible. shitting in porta potties that was a 10 minute walk. Like you, you'd literally go, it was in the middle of winter. So our toilets in the bunker didn't work. So we, it was, a, it was a five minute round trip to go to the bathroom. <laughs> you'd go out at like six in the morning, whatever, you know, like a, they have like the plastic doors. Like you'd have to like crack the door open because it was frozen shut. This sounds awful. There'd be frost on the seat. Like you'd see like this blue pool with like, you know, frozen stuff sticking out. It was everything about that season was horrible. But anyways, going back to my point, like I think in, when you're in like these extreme, extremely emotionally trying situations, sometimes like you bond with people. And I wasn't sure if that's what it was. If it was just like, you know, this is almost like, um, a relationship based out of like the circumstances we were in, or if there's actual feelings here. And I think it's obvious now that there's some actual feelings there and it's like, Hey, you know what? Good for you too. It's really sweet. I, I mean, yeah. from Adam yeah. Royer to Casey, what an, in, what an arduous journey. And this is so much better. I'm just really happy for them. I, I mean, I'm sorry for Casey's ex-girlfriend who seems to be having some Twitter meltdowns, but yeah. other than that, this is beautiful. It wasn't actually Adam Royer to um, Casey. It was Heather Martyr to Casey. <laughs> really? No, that was that was that was Nani's like like. I didn't remember that. That was Nani's uh, female fling on on her season, and then, I loved loved that season of Real World. It was, it was excellent. a great season. We got some absolute legends off that Dustin? season. Dustin, oh my god, yeah, Leroy, Leroy. Sorry, how could I forget? <laughs> Bad boy, Leroy. Um. I know this is a little bit, not necessarily off topic. Is her name Patina? I think it's Patina with a B. What the fuck is her laugh? What? Oh my God. That was really no. weird. Re- no, that was Corey, beyond yeah, weird. That was super weird. That, <laughs> it was, that was like, like a long scene. It was like a lot. I didn't need that long. Okay. But my point is like, like, what the hell was that? Like, you know that, you know, when in, in Dumb and Dumber, when he's like, do you want to see the most, you want to hear the most annoying sound ever? And he makes like yes. this got... That was worse. It was worse. You're right. Can we talk about the challenge? What? Oh yeah. Is that what we're here to talk? Yeah. Let's talk about the, we haven't even talked about the challenge yet. Let's, let's talk about this challenge. That's because I find the challenges like the actual daily challenge to be the most boring part of every show, every episode. I'm like, I can just fast forward through this. Just tell me who wins. Like, it seems like everyone's bored with them. And that's why they've introduced so much freaking pyro. It's like, there has Mm -hmm. to be an explosion in every daily challenge now. Yep. Yep. Um, are they the, really daily? Sorry. Can you let me, are they really daily? They're not daily. Let me, uh, here's the schedule. Monday challenge. The, uh, the, the, the nominations either Monday night when we do the challenge or Tuesday, Tuesday elimination, Wednesday is an interview day. So it's basically an off day. And then Thursday challenge, Friday elimination, Saturday off day, Sundays back to interviews. Um, Interesting. so, uh, here's the thing about th- th- this is what I don't like about the challenges like the one that we that we witnessed on this this that past episode is there's there's too many variables that are out of your control. Okay. Right. When you're like driving a, or just the helicopter, like not so and and I heard a couple of the teams saying this. It's like it was um what's her name? Blue hair girl again. Emmy. Emmy was saying I we had love to, Emmy. Miss Emmy. Love it. We love well. I developed my, my, my love for Emmy developed at the end of the relationship. At this point at the episode, I'm still not sold on Emmy, but okay. she's saying at the end, she's like, I had to throw these bags as hard as I could. Whereas you saw other people who all they had to do was drop them out of the helicopter. And it kind of sucks because 
when there's uh, when there's elements that sometimes will favor certain teams and work against you. And a lot of times people want to make conspiracies like, oh, it's production wanting certain people to win and other people not to. But there are certain challenges just are unfair that way. And everybody, I feel like, should have the same set of circumstances, you know, and compete, you know, have all the 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 the, the X's and O's kind of in the same spot. And I feel like there was a lot of parity in this challenge. Um, but uh, it was a cool one. I mean, from a visual sure. standpoint, awesome. Looked cool. I, it's just really a time filler. Like the the challenges themselves are just sort of like okay, whatever. Yeah, yeah. I I like ones that are either like I like the swimming challenges. I I like the silly ones, like where you basically have to like keep answering questions correctly, otherwise you're going to drop into the water. No. Those those nope. are the best ones. No, they're not. Why no, not? from so- Juliet, those are the absolute <laughs> worst. Why? <laughs> kind of partially for the same the, the the reason that I I just said is because trivia. For at least with with a challenge like the one one we saw, it's like, all right, there may be a little bit of things that are unfair, but at least it's like, all right, I still have multiple chances and I still have my fate in my own hands. When your fate is determined by how many times has Kim Kardashian been married? <laughs> What's the language they speak in Australia? Um, you know, what is how, spell bicentennial? Like these sorts of things, it's like, it's just so, and especially when they do trivia late in the season, it's like, wait a minute. So you're telling me that my fate in this game, after all that I've been through, is going to come down to whether or not I know some ridiculous ass question. And then some per- one person will be like, hey, Nelson, spell your name. And then mine will be like, you know, what's the main ingredient in corn syrup? It's like <laughs> fucking, I don't know, corn. Um, so while viewers love trivia, we hate it. And spelling. Yeah, we love spelling too. Oh, and they always make you fall in an awkward way. It's not like, oh, we're going to drop you. You're going to fall feet first. It's like, no, we're going to drop you backwards. So like you hit the water and get a aqua enema. Like it's not fun. <laughs> <laughs> what did you think of the elimination challenge? Um, So the elimination challenge, it was a tough one to kind of, a lot of times I, I, I feel like I can when I'm watching, figure out what they're doing right and what they're doing wrong. The only thing that I will say that Kells should have done differently, I felt like he waited too long to pull the contraption up because if you notice, she kept on dropping. That magnetic box kept on falling from her her rope, right? And if you notice what Ed was doing is before, before, um, uh, What's her name again? Blue haired girl. Emmy. Why can't you remember her name? Before Emmy. I keep on wanting to call her Berna. Before Emmy <laughs> would get the box up, when shit was still a couple feet away, Ed would pull that contraption and it would almost like kind of like catch it. Like if you notice, it would fall on her lap. Whereas Kells was waiting until she had the box or tried to grab the box before he'd pull it. That was the only thing that I saw that. I think Kells would could have could have made a little bit of a difference, but I mean, once it came down to just putting a puzzle together, I mean, okay, I had really low expectations for Ed. I thought it was weird how everyone was like so excited about him. I was like, do you guys all know Ed? I I watched the circle and I immediately removed him from my memory as soon as that show ended. So I was very confused about that. However. I loved Ed's energy. I loved Ed's performance. I felt like Ed was taking some real um, aesthetic inspiration from you. I, I love Ed. I'm all in on Ed. I'm so happy to have him. 
I'm actually a big, you know who he reminds me of in a lot of ways? Hunter. Hunter. Oh, I don't like Hunter, but I do like Ed. Uh, He is a less annoying version of Hunter. Ed went to Cornell. For those who are wondering, he kept, he mentioned like several times he was Ivy League. I looked it up. He went to Cornell. An engineer. I mean, listen, he really does. When Ed came in last episode, I, I, it was a bit of a letdown. It's like, of course, all right. you were like, Ed, who the fuck is Ed? <laughs> We've got the replacement here. It's Ed. And everyone's like, Ed, who the fuck is this little juice head? But, <laughs> but no, he really, he won me over this. You know what it is, is this is what I love. I love when people, especially if they're newbies in the game, just take it for what it is. All right. You know what? I'm here to compete. It's a challenge. It's a game. I came in late. Let's go. Yeah. You know what I mean? And don't play this whole thing like, oh, why me? Poor me. It's like, if you go into a challenge, okay, if you go into elimination, nine times out of 10, the person that goes in there mentally is going to win. If you go in and you're not mentally there and if you're not ready to go, you're going to lose. And a lot of times eliminations are won before the elimination even starts. And I think Ed going in with the energy that he did, and, you know, and, and, and the way he did a lot of times too, Kel's knew he probably had, t- I'd say 24 hours to prepare. He knew right, that he, like, he was going out, but, and, and that's what I'm saying. Usually that person has the advantage though. Usually the person that has time to know, all right, I'm, I would rather listen. If I, if I was going to go into elimination, I would rather be the house vote than be the on the spot vote. Because even if you're telling yourself like, all right, I'm 100% going to be the one that's sent in against the house vote, you still can't fully prepare yourself until TJ calls your name. Whereas if you're voted in the day before, you have that 24 hours or whatever amount of time to mentally prepare. And I felt like somehow, man, like Kells in a way like had already been defeated mentally and Ed had the ability on the spot to just like get ready to go. And that's a very tough thing to do. Well, Anissa kind of called this out. First of all, Anissa thinks that Survivor is five months long. It's not. It's like 30 days or 39 days, 40 days. <laughs> five but, months. Five months. Yeah. yeah she's like five Wouldn't months that, on an island. But it is true. Something? Emmy and Ed have like mental fortitude. And that's why they're able to push through. Ed seems like a great partner. He pushes you, but he's also supportive. I, I've, I'm i like really excited about Ed. He's got great energy, man. Just got great why energy. his uniform was so tight. Do you pick your size or do they just assign it to you? You pick your size. And I'm assuming that 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 Ed picked the size probably three sizes too small. Too small. Yeah. Just make everybody just make sure everyone saw his biceps. <laughs> we All saw right. them, Ed. We couldn't avoid them. I would have I didn't need so much of his biceps. But hey, I'm so happy to have Ed. He's like probably my favorite rookie. Ed and Michelle are my favorite. And, and Emmy. I love Miss Emmy. Hers calling Mr. TJ is so funny. It was also very telling when Ed first came into the house, the first shot you get of him is with his shirt off, like going yeah. through his bag. Yeah. It's one of those things where it's like, all right, how, how many, what excuse can I have to take my shirt off and just like, you know, <laughs> kind of show the world what I'm working with here. Ed is here to say, Johnny, of what you've seen, whenever I call you Johnny, it feels like confusing. I'm like, it's bananas. I, I just, what does your girlfriend call you? Uh, Johnny. What does your mom call you? John. Hmm. What do most people call you? Asshole. (laughs) I would never. What do most people call you? Johnny. So here's the thing. I didn't become Johnny until basically I started going by Johnny Bananas. I mean, any, all my old friends, anyone that knows me was, I was John. And then uh, Johnny (laughs) Bananas came of, of, uh, or Johnny came with, with Johnny Bananas. 
That's really um, funny. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, you've re- what a what an evolving gentleman you are. What an evo- what an evolution. Yeah, seriously. Um, I don't remember what I was about to ask you. Well, here's I just want to go back. I know that we've already talked about the elimination. I want to just say though that Kells really impressed me. I wasn't I think he should have played a different political game. All right. But the fact that he was as confident in his abilities as he was when you've got Fessy who won the challenge, who's literally telling you like, hey, man, who's, who's basically throwing you a bone. If I don't send you in, you don't send me in. And the fact that Kells is like, I'm not going to make that deal. And my favorite line of the episode is he said, don't rock the boat sail the wave and i'm like i like that too damn that was, Kels, awesome. that was fucking smooth man <laughs> but poetry it was it, dude guys wax and poetic what i'm saying is like i understand why the house saw him as such a threat is because yeah. the guy wasn't he scared it. he wasn't scared man and he 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 in effect he in a way like flipped the script on fessy where it's like fessy's in the position of power but you walked away from watching that conversation as if kel's like actually like kind of punked them out like it was kind of impressive that's weak uh, sasha our producer told me that on too hot to handle kells was like the rule enforcer like yeah. you know the point of the show is you can't touch each other and he was like no one's making out and so i i like kells i was gonna ask you who do you think is like of these rookies like who do you see having a lot of potential to be like the, uh, the joshes of the world but actually good <laughs> poor josh I can't stand Josh. I trash him every season. I'm sorry. I hope to never meet him because I don't know. I don't know how we could have a civil conversation. If you met, I'm just going to, you're not going to, you met Josh, you'd love him. All right. Well, it doesn't come across the television. So I get it. I get it. I totally get it. I don't understand why it doesn't, but Josh is just, he's just, he's just Josh, dude. He's, He's like baby. You know, you know, you know, I always call him baby Huey, you know, like the Louis, the Looney Tunes cartoon, the big duck in the diaper. Uh huh. Like that's, that's Josh. If you look at Josh, like baby Huey, maybe you'll have a, you know, Okay. I love Josh. So who are the future Josh's here? Kells 100% will be back. Okay. 100% will be back. The reason being is they need that, that enforcer presence. And I think they thought they had that with Fess. I mean, obviously CT, but CT, I think is slowly going the way of the Buffalo. You know what I mean? Like, and he's How really taking CT a, at this point. I think he just turned four. 41. Wow. I want to say. He still, is he still married? What's up with his with him and his still wife? Still married. Him and Lily are still married. They actually just posted a picture uh recently on uh on the social meads. So Okay. Hey cool. man. Listen. You've never sounded older than saying social meads talking about a husband and a wife. The okay. social meads. Social meads. <laughs> but I almost feel like I almost feel like Kells is like almost like a new iteration of Air like parent. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Um I will say, listen. Emmanuel, as much as I give him shit for looking like a, you know, a circus performer, he actually, he actually did really well too. I think he took a lot of people by surprise. Um, Ed, I think Ed's got a lot. Ed's got a lot to offer. Someone who's intelligent. All right. Intelligence and, and, and emotional intelligence is so much more dangerous than physicality and and athleticism on the challenge. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like he's got he he's got both. I mean, you know, Ed is self aware, which I feel like you can't really teach. And some people develop it over time, but also maybe from watching themselves on television. But like, 
Ed around the circle with his mom. Like Ed is like here to play the game and to play it right. And like, he just clearly wants to have a good time and also be successful and take a shirt off all in on Ed. What else could we ask for on a challenge competitor? I mean, six inches. I don't know. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> I also, here, here's the other thing. Here's the other thing that I thought was funny about. We're just going to talk about TJ for a second because I'd suck, love to suck my ass, TJ. Um, so <laughs> TJ's got the greatest job in the world. Okay. And, and, and not just because he gets to show up in a Lamborghini, um, not just because now it's his challenge. He owns the challenge. Now I didn't realize that now it's, he's, he's no longer the host. He's what is he? The caretaker. He it's, it's his final TJ's final. It's really funny how this stuff evolved. Now it's like, if you're going to run in my final, it's just yeah. so funny. TJ's final. But what's his title this season? It's no longer host. He's, he's, he's the, um, Oh, the handler. Is it the, the handler. That's what yeah. it is. He's handler. the handler. But now, I mean, at least before TJ would have to like, when we do nominations, he'd have to show up in person. Right. And he'd take the, he doesn't even show up anymore. Is that a COVID thing? Is that why they did the screen? He just fucking Carmen San Diego's his way into the room. And it's like, I, maybe it's a COVID thing. I don't know. It's just brilliant. And it just goes to show why it's, why TJ is the best job in the world. Because the guy <laughs> literally... Shows up, clocks in five minutes, you know, says some shit, spits some lines out, gone and gets to just live in Croatia. Yeah. And he just he works four days a week for like a few hours. Just does cameos all day long. Just crushing cameo. The guy's does like a ca <laughs> cameo still legend. In Vegas? Still lives in Vegas. He's got a race. <laughs> he's got a BMX park in his backyard. Dogs. Oh, my I God. Mean, What's his salary? Do we know? Like, what does he get for a season of the show? Does it matter? The guy should, I mean, he'd do it for free, probably, if, he, if they did, because that's how great his life is. You know what I mean? He's hey, making TJ. so much money on Cameo, he doesn't need it. TJ, you want to go live in Croatia for eight weeks and not to do anything? It's like, yeah, man, that's perfect. That's a great location. You know, it's funny, Below Deck, they had two back-to-back -back seasons in Croatia. Croatia must have been really reality TV friendly during COVID. That's like the best thing I can come up with. Yeah. I mean, you look at the house. I mean, they're. it looks like they're kind of out Looks in the good. middle of nowhere. Yeah, no, it's a great, great looking establishment. Um, even the part, even the, they even look like they were having fun at the indoor party. Like that's the hardest thing to do is have fun at a party at the house and production tries to do that. Like, oh, we're not going out tonight. You guys are staying in and we're just going to have a party here. It's like, no, we live here. Like, <laughs> let us out. Let us like see something other than the same four walls. You know what I mean? Um, when you would go to bars, would you talk to strangers and randos no, there? We weren't allowed to. No, no, we weren't. Damn. Here, here's the rules. When we go to bars. No talking to anybody that's not part of production and no taking shots of any sort of dark liquor. It's all got to right. be clear, which never made sense to me because it's like, well, wait a minute. So if whiskey is 80 proof and vodka is 80 I know, proof. What's the difference? Is what? Vodka isn't going to get you as drunk? Like, how does that work? The brown liquor rule I've heard several times, so obviously it's true. I mean, not that you would lie, but it doesn't make any sense at all. There's plenty no. of ways. I mean, tequila, vodka. I mean, yeah. I, I don't, I don't even know. It's is there on the Bachelor they can only have two drinks an hour. Is there similar rules on the challenge? Yeah. So the way they do it on the challenge is they, it's not necessarily by numbers. Well, there are certain people who are on alcohol restriction. Okay. Interesting. Um, I'm pretty sure. I mean, Nelson was on alcohol restriction for a while. I'm pretty sure Ashley has been on yeah, alcohol Ashley. restriction since she was six months old. Um, and and they're you know, and so if you're on alcohol restriction, you're not allowed to have a certain amount. But just for like the overall house, they basically play it. it it's a feel it out. It's like all right, let's see how wild the house is getting. But it's 
it's usually a bottle for a bottle. They'll be like, all right, here's a bottle of vodka. Here's two bottles of red, two bottles of white, you know, 18 pack of beer. Make it work. Make it count. And every (laughs) bottle that comes back, their number that, that, you know, there's a, there's a signature on it and you got to swap a bottle for a bottle. So, um, but listen, in this day and age, man, I mean, you can never be too careful. Like, you know, we're living in a different, we're living in a different world than we were back in the, back in the wild West. Back in the wild Key West. <laughs> oh, dude. See yeah. what I did there? Yeah, Key West. What listen, I'm actually hoping with all these, you know that they're doing all these um homecoming real world seasons. Yeah. yeah. They gotta throw Key West in there. I know Los Angeles is next. Oh. Um they've already announced it. LA's the next um, you know, because they did New York. LA's is next. Is Tammy gonna be on it? I I'm assuming so. I mean, I think oh the whole cast. Oh my god, the I'm basketball pretty... wife herself? Incredible. The whole cast. Yeah, Beth. Oh my God, Beth. Yeah. Oh my God, Beth. I mean, Beth was fun on All Stars, so I'm excited. That's great. Beth was fun on All Stars. is filming, filming currently too, so. Oh my God, so much great content season. for you to cover on this podcast. Can't wait. Um, I guess, and just to like wrap it up, I mean, just to kind of wrap it out with um, the elimination and how it ended. I mean, again, we had Amber, we had Amber B come in to replace Lauren. The mis- mystery girl. Um, I think it's great that Emmy has finally realized that she is, quote, around snakes who she cannot trust. <laughs> Emmy, welcome to the challenge. I love Emmy. I'm all in on Emmy. She's great. I, I also liked that Emmy and Ed, it was like a mutual decision. They're like, for strategy, we are going to go our separate ways. But you can tell they have a bond. Like You can tell Emmy and Ed, like they're down with each other. It was the smartest move to make because them sure. sticking together, they're still, they're still targeted by you now each pick. I mean, why Devin has become like, you know, the, the, the crown jewel, like everybody wants to pick it. It's kind of funny. Um, and I know Devin always liked to talk about, he, he's very self-deprecating. He liked to talk about, you know, what a great competitor is, even though, I mean, the guy competitive wise is, isn't worth his weight in dog shit, but it's just so funny that like, he's the one that keeps getting chosen. You know what I mean? Um, but it's a smart, Hey, strategically, it's a smart move. I think the rookies, they see the writing on the wall. They see the fact that the vets are sticking together. They're going to try and pick them off one by one. And, uh, you know, so, so, so basically pairing yourself up with a vet is, uh, is the way to go at this point. It's a smart move. It's a smart move. Bananas. Thank you so much for having me on your podcast. I mean, this is a thrill for me. Wait a minute, Juliet. You're you're the Ringer podcast producer. Thank you so much for giving me a podcast on your network. How about that? I mean, we're th- we're thrilled to have you. Truly. Well, I'm th- I'm thrilled to be here. Um, I can't wait to uh to see who our next guest is. Listen, for everyone that's listening, we're uh, I'm still trying to listen. I'm a jack of all trades, master of of none. I went from challenge goat to reality television host. Ex- expert parallel Parker trophy deer hunter. Um, I've got a credit score of 780. Um, and now that's really I, good, dude. Congrats. Hey, thank you. I appreciate that. Do you In own flu- a home? I do own a home. Yeah. Oh, nice. Cool. I own a home. Yeah. That's that's good. That's good for home ownership. That's why I was asking. You should come over sometime. Have a barbecue. Okay. okay. Yeah. I heard you've got a great garden. Last time I talked to you, you were gardening oh, a lot. <laughs> you have no idea. I got I got butterflies, birds. It's like a san- it's a sanctuary. That's so beautiful. <laughs> we could go, listen, Juliet, me and you, we could walk in my backyard, hold hands as doves just fly above us. It'll be amazing. <laughs> it sounds like a drug trip of some kind. Sounds it'll great. Ch- it'll change your life. Um, okay. <laughs> but yeah, uh, 
we're going to have a lot of fun guests coming up. Um, like I said, still trying to get my, 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 my feet wet with the whole podcast thing. Um, I had a great time with you. I Thank love, you. I love having people on that can geek out on the challenge as much as I can. And again, you're just a wealth of knowledge when it comes to, uh, <laughs> to the show, to the backstories, to everything. That's what makes it so great. So listen, I also want to give a very special thanks to Sasha Ashall, our producer, who's going to make sure that anything I said that was offensive will be edited out. And I'm going to be made to, and if, and she's probably going to put some, uh, some like three syllable words that make me sound even more intelligent than I actually am. So thank you in advance for that, Sasha. We love you. Um, yeah, we're gonna have some really fun guests coming up. Some past challenge cast members, some legends, some people you haven't heard from Ooh. in a while. Ooh, you and I had a discussion about a week ago about the third rail. The I third mean, rail. Are we going over? We'll see. We'll see. And people, you'll see very soon who the third rail is. But yeah, with that <laughs> being said, I once again, Juliet, I want to thank you for coming on. Thank you so much for having me. And I want to uh, thank everybody for coming by the Death Taxes and Bananas podcast, where the tea flows like wine and the guests instinctively flock like the salmon of Capistrano. <laughs> <laughs>